Hey there, John Morris here, johnmorrisonline.com, and welcome to another episode of The John Morris Show. And in this episode, I'm going to be answering another one of your questions. So the question I got was, how do I overcome fear when bidding on projects on Elance and Odesk? And so I'm going to dive into that both specific to bidding on projects and really just in general when it comes to web design and web development because... I think a lot of web designers and web developers deal with this at some point in your career and there's some things that you can do to help you overcome it and help you advance your career a lot more quickly. Now before I dive into my answer to that question, I would like to remind you, um, I, I mentioned in the last episode that I'm in the process of creating a course on how to dominate on sites like Elance and Odesk and I'm essentially going to teach you everything I know about setting up your profile, winning bids, getting invites, everything that you need to do in order to dominate on on the freelance sites. Uh, That's what I'm going to be covering inside of the course. I think I've recorded about 38 lessons now on the course but before uh, I send it to print essentially and upload it on Udemy and get it all going, I want to make sure that I get your input and I want to make sure I'm covering all of the bases. So uh, I wanted to ask you, what are the two biggest questions that you need answered inside of that course? And I've created a survey for you over at johnmorrisonline.com slash elance that is really just that one question. What are the two biggest questions that you need answered about dominating on sites like Elance and Odesk. So if you head on over there and can let me know what it is that you need answered and I will take those and I'm going to be using those to help kind of top off the course. All right, so I'd really appreciate it if you could do that. Again, that's johnmorrisonline.com slash Elance. All right, so let's go ahead and dive into this question. So uh, the question reads like this. Hi, John, here's the question. I'm the one in charge of making the proposals at Freelancer, Elance, and Odesk for a small company. There are two things that scare me the most, my English and my ignorance on the matter, uh, assuming here coding. And can you give me some suggestions? I receive feedback, but I can't manage to stay with me. Thanks for your help. By the way, your podcasts are excellent. Keep up on the good work. All right, so first off, appreciate uh, you listening and you uh, saying that. And then as far as answering your question, so again, I want to answer you specifically, but then I also want to answer this in general because this affects people in more than just when you're bidding on jobs and so forth and more than just based off of whether or not you have a lot of knowledge or your English skills and so forth. Fear really kind of tends to crop up quite a bit. Uh, for web designers and web developers right so there's three things that I think you can do to deal with this in any scenario so the first one is to just simply be prepared and being prepared is about having all of your ducks in a row having everything lined up and most importantly having a system the number one thing that you can do for yourself to overcome fear is have a system that you know works. And so I'm I'm a believer that confidence, which is the opposite of fear, comes from competence. 
And so when you get good at something, the fear will naturally start to dissipate. It may always be there a little bit, but your confidence in yourself and what you're doing will be greater. And that's really the key to overcoming fear is getting your confidence level greater than your fear level. And so one of the very simplest ways that you can do that is to design and use a system. So I use, I use the word pattern uh, and I use patterns for all sorts of things. I use patterns for every video tutorial I record. I use patterns for these podcasts. Uh, I use patterns when I code. I use patterns for really when I when I write. Really everything that I do, I use some sort of pattern. Uh, and so, what that allows me to do is the pattern at first may not be that great, but as I use it, I get more confidence with it. I learn how to tweak it, and over time, I end up with a really solid pattern that allows me to just go in and execute. I don't have to think about how I'm going to do it. I already have a pattern established for doing that. And the really nice thing is that you can design that pattern to account for all of the things that you need to account for. So for example, you can design a pattern that accounts for your worries about your English skills. You can design a pattern that allows for or accounts for your lack of knowledge when it comes to coding. So for example, if you're doing this for, again, bidding on projects on Elance and Odesk like you mentioned, then you could design a pattern where at some point in the process of you writing these proposals, you maybe pass the what you've written to somebody who is a native English speaker and have them look it over and give you feedback and tell you what you should change. If that's possible for you, which I, I don't know if it is, but you could make that as a part of your pattern every single time. So every single time you pass that to somebody. Or maybe it's you use some sort of spell checker or you know, whatever, whatever you can come up with as a solution for handling that problem that you're facing, then do that and work it into this, uh, the pattern that you create. Uh, not having a, a great knowledge of coding necessarily, but having to be the one that bit, bids on the projects, you could run what you write past one of the developers who does have a great knowledge of coding. And again, work that into your pattern so that every time you write a proposal, you do that, they get used to it, you get used to it, and now you've accounted for those things. So it's about being prepared, and being prepared is about having a system or a pattern that accounts for all the things that you're worried about. And then over time, you'll identify more things, you'll be able to tweak it, and you'll get more and more confident with it where you're not only always sitting down worried about what you're gonna write, you know exactly what to write, you know exactly what process to follow, uh, and you know that it works because you've used it time and time again. So be prepared and get and do that by developing systems and developing patterns for handling all the things that you need to do. The second thing then is to be ready. So the difference between being prepared and being ready is being prepared is having all of, again, having everything, all your ducks in a row, having everything, all the pre-work done so that you're prepared going in. Being ready is about being ready for the unexpected, about being willing to continue to move forward with the action regardless of what may come your way. And so 
It's about taking, it's about a commitment to a, uh, being willing to exert a certain amount of courage in the face of fear. Now, there's lots of different ways that we can do that. Again, the, the, the beginning of that is just being committed. When you have some sort of action that you know you need to take, it's being committed to taking that action regardless of what may come your way because you can't always prepare for every scenario. So you need to make sure that in your mind, when you sit down to do this, you get yourself prepared so that you can take this stuff on and you don't have to worry about being scared and all these different things. So uh, that's the difference between being prepared and being ready. Now, how do you how do you get to a point where you can be ready? Well, one of the more powerful things that I've learned is that oftentimes fear, fear that is debilitating, that stops us from taking action, is a result of what's called worst case scenario thinking. So we look at the action and we imagine what would happen if we failed. So let's take your example, for instance. Let's say that you submit a proposal and that promote proposal gets denied or rejected. The client doesn't accept that proposal. And so in your mind, you're saying, okay, that proposal got rejected. Now what's going to happen is I'm going to feel like an idiot. My boss is going to notice that my proposal got rejected. You know, they'll be disappointed in me and my boss will fire me. So I'll lose my job and then I'll lose my job. So now I'm not going to be able to pay rent or eat. And now I'm going to have to live on the street and, uh, you know, beg for food. And then, you know, two months from now, I'm going to be dead, right? That's worst case scenario thinking. That's imagining that the absolute worst thing that could happen at each step happens. And the problem with worst case scenario thinking is it doesn't account for different alternatives that could happen. For example, your proposal could get accepted or it could be, let's say it is denied. Your boss could recognize that, hey, it happens and not be upset with you. Or maybe your boss does get upset, but is it automatic that your boss is going to just automatically fire you because one proposal got rejected? Not necessarily, but let's say they do fire you. Does that mean you're automatically going to not be able to pay rent and not be able to, you know, buy food and you won't be able to find another job. You know, there's all types all kinds of alternatives that you could find some other job, right? So at each step that we, the, each leap that we make in our mind that increases the amount of fear that we feel, there are all sorts of alternatives that would mitigate the worst case scenario. But when we're in that moment, the logic that goes from this one small thing happening to this completely debilitating experience where we die in the end, it seems like that's the only path. That 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 seems incredibly logical at that time. But the reality is, is it's rarely the case. So one way to deal with worst case scenario thinking is when you find yourself getting caught in that kind of mindset to flip your thinking by purposefully going into extreme best case scenario thinking. So the way to do this would be if you, uh, let's say we're, again, we're talking about a proposal that you're submitting and you're worried that it would get rejected and you catch yourself, flip the thinking and, and say to yourself purposefully and, you know, proactively say to yourself, well, but what if the proposal gets accepted? 
and the proposal not only gets accepted, but the client says they want to pay us double out of the blue for some reason. And they actually, they don't say it for some reason. They say it because my proposal was so great that they just want to pay us double. And my boss sees that and realizes that I'm the greatest proposal writer ever and decides that I should be CEO of the company. And so I become CEO of the company and I'm great at being CEO and I expand the business so much that we all become billionaires. And then when we become billionaires, I run for you know, president of my country and I become the pre- like to go the opposite way and see just how ridiculous it is if you do the same kind of logical leaps, but in the opposite direction. When you do that, then you start to see that what you're doing in a negative way uh, is just as silly as what you're doing in a positive way. And it snaps you out of that worst case scenario thinking and allows you to recognize that at every step, there's alternatives. All sorts of different things could happen and you have options. And so the best thing that you can do is to move forward with the action with conviction and with confidence. Uh, And that's what's going to most likely be the difference between whether or not the action that you're trying to take turns out good or turns out bad is how convicted and committed you are when you take that action right so that's one way that you can uh, get out of worst case scenario thinking and be ready to handle anything that comes at you because you're not going to let yourself devolve into this super negative type of thinking that paralyzes you all right so be prepared be ready and then the last piece is to consider that fear is really it's really a balancing act between values okay fear is, for humans is all about uh, personal safety and security so we experience fear when we are anticipating we're either directly presented with or we're anticipating being directly rep, uh, presented with some sort of negative dangerous situation so If you're in the woods and you're walking along and all of a sudden a lion pops out, right? You immediately feel fear because your mind instantly recognizes that that is a dangerous situation. And so it puts you into a state of being that will give you the best chance for survival. However, uh, as human beings, we can also envision those types of scenarios. So what we start doing is we start, we think about writing a proposal for uh, Elancer Odesk, and we start to imagine what would happen. The we start to imagine the dangerous situations and envision them, and then we put ourselves into a state of fear that we haven't actually been presented with that dangerous situation yet, and that dangerous situation may not ever actually happen. Right, so it comes down to comes back down to a question of values or or getting clear on what you value most. And so fear is about turning us towards the value of safety and security. The flip side of that is whatever you're doing, there's some other value at play. So bidding on jobs, the value may be your personal wealth. Uh, if it's, say, going to the gym and you're worried about going there and being embarrassed, the value that you're seeking by going there is your personal health, right? So in every situation, there's a number of, there's another value at play. 
And so what you can do to, again, snap yourself out of it and really get to the core of the matter is to identify what the two values at play are. What What is it that fear is trying to turn you towards? And usually, again, it's some sort of safety or security, not risking being made fun of by going to the gym or not risking failure or looking stupid by writing a proposal that gets rejected. So we're, again, turning towards some sort of safety or security versus our health or our wealth and asking yourself, what do I value most? Do I value my health more than I value being safe from potential ridicule? Oftentimes, when you can make that clear juxtaposition between the value that you're originally seeking and the value that fear is trying to turn you towards, you'll realize and you'll recognize and you'll feel emotionally that you value that other value more. You value your wealth more. You value your health more. You value a sense of confidence and well-being more than you value the safety or security that fear is trying to turn you towards. And so uh, getting clear on your values and what you value most is probably the most powerful thing that you can do to help you overcome fear in any situation. All right, so be prepared, be ready, and then discover what you value more in in each of those situations when you encounter these things. All right, so that'll do it for this episode of the podcast. If you have a question that you would like to meet, ask me, you can head on over to core.com slash john-morris-67 and invite me to answer your question. Or you can tweet me at JP Morris using the hashtag JMO. I want to know, and I'll try to get those questions on the podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss any of the podcasts. And if you got value from this particular podcast, if you could go ahead and like it so that I know this is the kind of information that you're after. And if you haven't yet, then head on over to johnmorrisonline.com and download my free seven strategies to turn your code into cash cheat sheet. All right. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you next time.